I just want to wake up every day, throw a leg over my scoot, and ride. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. On road or off road, wrencher, rider, racer, or just a weekend warrior, this is the show for you. You found us, my fellas. Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. And now, your host, Bob Marshall. She was my friend. She was an inspiration to me and my race team. She was an inspiration to us all. She was a friend to us all. I need to preface this show with a story. For me, it was less than a year ago at the Born Free pre-party over at Cook's Corner where I got a chance to catch up with my friend and fellow racer, Jesse Combs. Lucky for me at the time, she introduced me to her boyfriend, Terry. I'd heard a lot of good things through mutual friends about Terry, so it was great to finally put a face to the name. We got to run into each other several times that weekend as we discussed my upcoming race against our friend, Chopper Charlie. I remember her shooting a short video of me on her phone about my plans to kick Charlie's arse in this upcoming race. Uh, For the record, Charlie kicked my arse, and then some. It was great to get to know and hang out with Terry a bit, and yes, chat with Jessie about her up-and-coming run in the North American Eagle. For myself, being a fellow land speed racer, it was very exciting stuff in our world of speed. But then, everything changed. I don't pretend to have any understanding of what Terry has been through in the last few months since the accident that took Jesse away from us. I can tell you that for myself, sitting down for this chat with Terry was really great for my healing road, and I'm sure it will be for you, my fellow listener. Terry is a man with a great sense of self and greater sense of his current situation that he's been thrust into against his will. I can tell you that I just don't know how he's doing it, but doing it, whatever it may be in this situation, is what he's doing, and doing it greatly. It was all a reminder for me what a fan of this man and his mission I am, and will continue to be in the future. This chit-chat of ours did not come easy. Terry's been so busy with all the racing and the new foundation that is the Jesse Combs Foundation work that he's been doing, and oh yeah, his new shop, their shop, the business venture High Road. When I first approached Terry about doing this show with me, his response was gracious as someone had just handed him my book. After a quick phone chat, we both agreed that this is the definition of serendipity. After 50 or so gracious text messages back and forth, We had this date and time set. It was last Saturday. I started the day with a warrior build ride on the runway that John Oakes had invited me to. If you don't know what warrior build is, please look it up. It's a wonderful organization that Terry's a big part of. 
and they do some really great things for veterans down in Lake Elsinore, California, and some bitchin' racing. So after the ride, I hit the road from San Bernardino up into Yucca Valley, and I met Terry at his new shop. Now, there's a side story when I say that. This was not his new shop, that is the shop that'll be high road in the future. He basically had to move into a new temporary building until that shop was finished, but you'll hear him talk about that. And it was all full of all the Jeeps and Razors that I was used to seeing him and Jesse drive. His hospitality and friendship was just second to none. As soon as I got there, we jumped in a truck and drove to the local hardware store to score some nuts and bolts he needed for a race vehicle that he was putting back together for Baja in a few weeks. And, oh yeah, SEMA, which happened to be the next day. He was getting everything ready for transport. Again, his friendship and hospitality were second to none. This is a story. This is a story of love, loss, family, speed, inspiration, tenacity. It's about racing, moving forward, living life, unexpected roads, and one man's nightmare coming true. Please note, this chit-chat and story-sharing gets a little deep. If uh, two grown men crying a bit at the same time offends you, this show is not for you. This is, above all, a story of love. For you, my dear friend, and one of my heroes, Jesse Combs. May you forever race in peace. I give you, my fellows, Terry Madden. Terry Madden, for all the great listeners. Our roads have led us together, as my road has been fortunate enough to lead me lots of places. And that includes the stellar, recent friendship, hospitality of one Mr. Terry Madden. Thanks for sitting down with me. Anytime. Appreciate you coming to me. Sorry I've been so frantic lately I couldn't get to you. Ah, such a beautiful ride through the desert. You know, I just, yeah, I had such a good time on that ride. It's gorgeous. Uh, what is it, four in the afternoon or something? I don't yeah, want to say. This is my favorite time to ride up here. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I'd had time to go ride with you right now. I know, right? Although, you've got treads on that car. And that car. I'm, I'm here in Terry's shop, and there's just lines of beautiful off-road. I don't even begin to understand all the cool off-road stuff you do coming from the world of purely motorcycles like I do. I mean... Land speed racing, I guess, is technically off road, but you've gotten to do some really, you've gotten to do some really exciting things. It had to start somewhere, I reckon, huh? Where do you think it started? I've been really fortunate at it. It was just playing is where it all started, and then I actually somehow ended up getting paid for it, which seems a little surreal. But now I grew up just playing in the river in Kansas, middle of nowhere, nothing else to do. That's the place we didn't get in trouble was to take our old jeeps to the river, and, right. and it ended up somehow in Mexico and Morocco and everywhere else in the world and actually getting paid for it. Yeah, the Morocco theme was pretty recently, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, uh, I don't even know when. Everything's pretty scrambled right now with everything I had going on. But I can imagine. Six, nine months ago, we looked, went over there for that Moroccan Desert Challenge. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, that looked really, 
Was there a picture of you with a camel? I think I remember. Yeah, good old Gus. <laughs> His name was Gus. Gus to me, you know, it was a long day, a long night. Oh man, sucker was huge. That's for sure. Yeah, he wasn't very friendly either. Uh, I can imagine. He was actually pretty pissed off when we first made our friendship. Yeah. Did you uh, start off on motorcycles though, or was no? It we were off-road? running a Bowler Nemesis. It's uh, basically a Land Rover body or shell, but uh-huh. it's the trophy truck of a Land Rover. Okay. Kind of more of a rally car, desert car, but uh. Pretty impressive car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they build them. Uh, they're built over there somewhere. They're not something that's... Oh, Morocco. Right. That's uh, prevalent here in the States, but right. they're a big deal over there. That's really neat. Did it... Uh, it was right side drive or left side drive? That one was left side drive. It okay. was normal. I normal. say normal. <laughs> it's American. You never know. And that's the funny part, I think, as Americans, we just don't get out and experience a world in ways that you have gotten to, uh, even as of even as of late. Uh, I know we were just talking, and you mentioned you used to work in the oil fields. How'd you get out of that, working in the oil fields? Not necessarily by choice. Um, we got to the point here, it's been three, four years ago now, when oil dropped, I had a a very successful business, everything was going good, but I had very loyal, good help. Yeah. And it got down to the point where I was at core staff, and there were guys that had been with me a long time, families that I'd known and watched their kids grow up. Yeah. And it got to the point where there wasn't really enough work for me and them, so I could get rid of two or three or get rid of me. And I was going through the point where I'd been playing a lot racing, and I had opportunities to do it for pay so i kind of laid myself off and came out here to let them keep running it and just took a leave of absence and worked out really great then after i'd been here a while i had no no desire to go back to it yucca valley how did that (laughs) turn you on i didn't yeah i got drug here um that was all jesse i mean i'd raced out here a lot king of the hammers i was on my way to settling in arizona with Campbell's and working there and I kept spending more and more and more time out here with her she was in Long Beach and I just couldn't do Long Beach and no, I don't blame you we I'm looked sure at houses in Colorado we looked at houses in Oregon we looked at places all over and yeah. she was set on up here and I fell in love with it up here and it's just where we ended up well I agree I've always been a fan uh, living in Riverside I got to cruise through here a lot as a kid on the way to the river I bet you, when I was a kid, I bet you my dad went to the river six, eight, ten times a year. I mean, we'd just jump in the motorhome. Everything was already packed. It was all canned food. and uh, We had great times riding through here in the, in the big motorhome. And then our motorcycles. So I, I agree. I've always been a big fan of the desert. I write in my book how much I feel at home in the desert. And when there's too many trees, I get a little, get a little lazy. Uh-huh. Peaceful. It's quiet. It's, I don't know what it is about it because the it's weird because the first times I came out here, working in the hammers, I was like, how in the hell could anyone live here? <laughs> and then after you actually step back and take some time and spend some time in it, I, I love it. I miss green grass. We were actually going to turf the yard because I liked walking in grass on my bare feet. Yeah, this grass, yeah. I can do without the rest of it, but. Um, it's probably the one thing I miss is green grass. Well, we don't have the humidity, but we definitely like the green grass. 
humidity and green grass kind of go together. We were going to do the one little spot in the yard, and uh, that would have been my... King of the Hammers. Can you define that for us, how you got into racing that, what it all is, what it all entails? I don't know how to describe King of the Hammers. (laughs) Uh, Google it. Look it up. Watch some videos. It's a... uh, Awesome. It's a hell of an experience. It's a hell of yeah. a challenge. Uh, first time I came out here was uh, just with friends to watch and work pits, and then it, I was hooked instantly. Right. right. And uh, it grew from there. It's I've raced thirteen of them now, not thirteen years, but multiple classes. There's been wow. last year I raced three classes. So, wow. but. Uh, it's a special race. I've raced all over the world, literally. I think nine countries now. And King of the Hammers is the hardest off-road race. If you can, if you can succeed at it, the other stuff isn't as hard mentally. It's a it's a mental mind fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's all right here in Johnson Valley. Right, Johnson um, Valley. It's uh, it's coming up in February. It's something that if you haven't been out there would. I would highly recommend. Yeah. It's grown. It's crazy from the first years I went, and there was a few people out there standing around the fire, and now I don't know what the number was last year, but it's it's crazy. This year they're having three different big concert nights, and there'll be 100,000 people out there for a week. Yeah. It's, I suspect it was something you got to introduce to Jesse. No. Oh. Um, we actually met through Ultra 4. Okay. We met 10 years ago at the Ultra 4 Stampede in Reno. In contingency, racing against each other. <laughs> and she was just some girl in line behind me in a race car. I had no clue who she was. And we got to be friends, and we were friends for quite a while before I actually had any idea who she was. How did how'd that race go? Did, did she win? Levi and I got second. Okay. Um, I have no idea how she did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I know she didn't beat us. Ah, uh, perfect. So usually... When you're racing these, you got two guys. and It depends. There's a lot of guys running single-seat cars now. Um, but a lot of the rock racing is two guys because there's a lot of time out of the car, winching or changing a tire or navigating at speed. Or I think navigating would be the big. You guys are all hooked to GPS and someone's telling you go left here, go right. I run lead nav, which is an iPad app, which is really impressive because you can see the train around oh. you, especially in Mexico. If a line's blocked or something's wrong, you can zoom in and see yeah. what your options are at speed. Yeah. But as far as King of the Hammers, I've done it enough times that you know those rock trails. <laughs> you just, you get into them and they change every year and they change as people do it, but you got a really good feel for them. Yeah, um, sure. Baja, it's different. Your speed or the middle of the night, you want your, you want your iPad. So you never know what you're getting into, but. I can't believe how many tires Grown-ass monster tires you have in this. I mean, I've got like 20-plus motorcycles. You've got, what is, there's like 40, 50 tires here. Is this normal? This is a small stack. There's oh, wow. a, a ship, have a shipment Monday from BFG <laughs> of another 20 for Baja. This okay. is stuff I'm breaking down to get ready for Baja. Okay. But you go through a lot. And it's not as, as much as you go through that many, but say you're racing 1,000 miles across Mexico. Yeah. You got your two spares on the truck. Sure. And then you've got a chase truck every 100 miles or so with a couple on it. You have to have enough to scatter them everywhere you might need them. You may not use that many, but you got to have them readily available. Yeah. 
way above and beyond. You're not going around and around the same track where you stop and get them. Right, right. You're literally running a thousand miles across the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and back. Yeah, right. uh-huh. but it depends. Um, they used to do every other year where they did a loop and then a peninsula. Okay. Now it's been kind of a two-in-one deal where they'll do two years of loop and one year of peninsula. The peninsula is a lot more expensive. You actually race from Ensenada to Cabo. It's about 1,300 miles. And it, the logistics are worse, and it's just it's a harder race yeah. and way more expensive than being able to start and end at the same spot. Because then once you're down there, you're still three days from home. And you got to come right. all the way back up with all your equipment and all, with your, all your gear and all your yeah. Oh wow! Well, that is really exciting, and I think there's a lot of people who just you know we just have no clue. We just have no. We can see it on TV. We can we can show up and spectate. We just have no. And even that doesn't show it. It just doesn't. No. It really doesn't. I wish there was a way people could see the real. I mean, we tell everybody Mexico's terrible, so nobody will go. But I wish people could see the real back roads of Mexico, the true things that we see. Pre-running is more fun than the race. Because the race, you go by it at speed. Pre-running, mm-hmm. you stop on those beaches and play in the water, and you stop at the good taco shops, and you stop at the... We'd try and pre-run for a week, and it's amazing. Or when Jess and I'd run Nora, we'd always take a week coming home, and the rooftop tent, and you'd just stop at this beach and stay, and stop at this one, and stop at that one, and stop at the missions. and that's the part that everybody needs to see. And that's something we were actually working on with High Road is there's a few people doing it. Kurt LeDuc's doing a really good one. They're doing some mission tours and different things. But we were going to do one with Polaris and with Razors and take tours and take people down and show them the really neat parts of Mexico that you don't see when you go on vacation. Right, Monica right. not Mexico. That's no. not Baja. No, I, I agree. And there's always, there's always people who are happy to think of that as... Mexico, all inclusive. I think is a yeah. Term. That's the worst part. That's I mean, the worst part. I and agree. a lot of people are scared of Mexico. Well, that's true. Although you've done pretty well, you're still here. You're I've still had a couple issues down there, but I've had a couple issues in the states too. That's right. It's, I agree. Shit happens here every day. Right. You just got to be smart about it. And the one major issue I had, I was not being smart about it. It was my fault. I disobeyed all the rules that we know, and I got too comfortable down there. I crossed the border in the middle of the night by myself because I was late, and I had truck and trailer, and it's my own fault. They popped you. Oh, yeah. They got me pretty good. (laughs) They got me really good. They pulled me over for running a stop sign, which you know is bullshit, and it always is. And they walk up there, and you never get out of the truck. That's a general rule. You just, they'll ask for cash, and you say, you hold up your credit card and say, take me to the judge. And nine times out of ten, they're like, okay, he gets it, and they'll let you go. Because okay. they're not going to take you to the actual judge because they, they want cash. Right, right. They want and, the cash. And you, most of the time, you don't even stop. You just keep going until you get to federalities. You don't stop the locals, and they go on. Right, They'll right. follow you ways to quit. But I pulled over, which normally wouldn't do, and I didn't get out. I played the game with the credit card. and like, yeah, take me to judge. I'll pay the ticket. Yeah. And he gave up and went to walk away, and he says – uh you might check your strap on that trailer on the back corner. It's coming loose. And he got me. I just crossed the border. I just checked my straps. I knew everything was good. And I jumped out to go check my strap. And before I knew it, I was in cuffs and they were shaking down my truck and uh, took all my cash and my stuff. And uh, yeah, so not. it was my fault. Uh, well, there are definitely rules. That we're there are. You just got to be smart. I mean,. I wasn't because you get. I was complacent because I've spent so much time there. This was just a few years ago. This yeah, just three years ago, I think, crossing for the 
I think it was a thousand. Might have been five hundred, but yeah, it was right there in Tijuana, right, right over the border. And you run the five hundred as well. Yeah. You'll run. Wow. Yeah, and we run the Nora one thousand every year too. That's just. It is a bit above and beyond. I apologize for all you listeners out there how fascinating I get with all the cool. I'm a, quite the admirer of Terry, as I've learned to be. Uh, as Jesse always spoke so highly of him and the cool things he has done or do. And coincidentally, we happen to be the same age, believe it or not. What? 42? Yep. 42. Can we say our age? We can say yeah. 42. Unfortunately. I'm starting uh, to feel it. Yeah. Well, me too. I've, Shit. I've really, although I've got a few pounds on you these days. You've lost a few pounds lately. Yeah. I, uh, this still kind of hit me before I realized it was hitting me. I had good friends around me after after Jess's accident, and everybody kept telling me, you need to eat, you need to eat, and I kept saying, I'm not hungry, and it was probably six weeks that I just, I just didn't, it, I didn't stop to even pay attention to eat, next thing I knew, I'd lost 15 pounds and didn't feel good, yeah. and I'm attempting to work out and get back in shape, I'm kind of dreading Baja now, because I'm as out of shape as I've been in years. Well, that's right around the corner. Yeah, it's I mean, in a couple uh, weeks. Yeah, I need to express my thanks to you for sitting down with me for this. Oh, no problem. Just a couple weeks away. SEMA's this week. I'm leaving tomorrow by wow. noon. It's my goal. Wow. Up in Vegas. Yep. Yeah, we got Off-Road Hall of Fame tomorrow night. I need to be there for that, and then we set up Monday. Wow. That keeps you as a pretty busy man. We always stay pretty busy. Um some of this stuff I actually kind of turned down and quit on for a while about a month ago and crawled in my little hole and shut down and had good friends that drugged me out of it. And now I've been trying to stay busy. It's doing me more good. I'm healthier, trying to get back to doing what I was doing. And I know that's what she'd want. She'd be pissed off at me if I just sat home and cried. I mean, I still doing my share of that, but I'm, doing the stuff we would have done anyway. If it was on our calendar, I'm trying to do it. I can't imagine there's really any of us, especially listening, who didn't sit at home and cry a bit. She touched a lot of people. She touched a lot of people. She truly did. I don't think she knew her reach. She was so humble and magic, and she just was her. She wasn't doing anything special. She was just being her. She just was special herself. So it was probably five or six years ago. I told Terry a little bit ago. I tell him this story. Five or six years ago, I'm sitting in this bar. It's late. Uh, we're in Ventura. F bomb kind of drugged me to this David Mann show, and he goes, "Hey, you got to meet these guys. This is this is Charlie. This is Kayla. Oh, nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. I love Charlie and Kayla. Oh man, what a treat to sit and meet them and chat with them. And we've gotten to be really good friends. And yes, I'm talking about the Charlie who kicked my ass. In the last chopper race we did. I'm going to get in on that one. You should. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's going to happen when he stays. I've already been threatening Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I get this tap on my shoulder. And I look up, and there's this cute young blonde looking at me, and she just starts talking to me. And I went, am I sitting in your seat or something? She goes, no, I wanted to meet you. And I went... I look around, why would she want to meet me, you know? And she goes, well, you have land speed patches on, you're a land speed racer, I'm a land speed racer. Oh, sure, hi, well, I'm Bob. She's like, well, I'm Jesse, nice to meet you. And, uh, boy, we talked land speed for about 
I bet you she sat there for 10 minutes and listened to me talk about my land speed racing. Oh, maybe it was two. And then she said North American Eagle. And, of course, I was a huge fan of this. Is You know, they're just starting to get that going. So mm-hmm. then I, it finally occurred to me who she was. And I was able to put together in my mind, oh, you're that Jesse Combs. So it was really sweet. And I think Instagram was still kind of a new theme then, so I went to follow her. And I don't, I had never seen so many people following someone on, I didn't know the number could go, I didn't know there were that many people on Instagram. <laughs> so that is how I got to meet Jesse Combs. I thought, why is this cute blonde? T-? She just wanted to talk to another land speed racer. It's a bar, everyone's talking choppers and, who, yep. you know, she just wanted to talk land speed racing for a minute. That was really great. Uh, she's very complimentary. And I'd run into her every six months, every year, you know, whatever. Uh, I'd message her about something. She'd message me about something. I hope you kick Charlie's butt. I don't think you will, but good luck in that, you know, in the, in the race. <laughs> I remember that was one of the last. Oh, the other one was, I said, well, Charlie kicked my butt because he, he used a condom catheter, and I had to stop and use the restroom like a moron. I'm sorry. You talked him into it. Yeah, of course. That might have been me. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we had that talk, and I got him sending the information for race casters that we run in the truck. It worked. Yeah. It, it pretty really funny worked. He, he was, like, so apprehensive about it. He's like, are you sure? Are you, how do you, he got two so what he if, could test one. I'm like, Charlie, it's not a big deal. It's a condom with a hose on it. It's no big deal. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, the best part is he gave me the other one. <laughs> and, of course, I looked at it and I went, this is way too small. It's never going to work. He's like, fuck <laughs> you. That'd be fine. No, uh, they're the best. Yeah. They are the best. They, even after a race, I'll leave mine on just to go stand around the fire and hang out. You know, oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I've got well, buddies that race that wear them to concerts. Well, that's what I had told her. I said, Charlie won because of this kind of catheter. Then I went, wait a minute. So how would you do that as a female? And she sent me this long explanation. There is actually a she-we right. in my cup holder in my truck right now that's been riding around in there. She <laughs> ordered several different options, and she'd been exploring and experimenting. And one of her deals was trying to build a off-road female catheter that she could market because she was so frustrated with right and the then, options. And there's not a good option. But no. She was, she was working on it. So I know fo- – I have a f- – inner working of female catheters that few people probably have. <laughs> <laughs> or probably even want. <laughs> uh, the problems. We, uh, that was one of her projects we were working on. Well, I know Annette and the girls, they all use the shiwis. They really, they really like it. It's funny. I got Annette a whole bunch a while back. Anyway, she hands them out as presents. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it's a good alternative. I don't pretend to know. I don't. I mean, our hardware is di- our software is different. But we, uh, yeah, I, I give her a lot of credit. But she'd go out racing and make it all happen regardless. I mean, oh yeah, she was. She was, <laughs> she was solid. She's one of the guys wherever you went. She was actually way less maintenance and drama than most of the guys we raced with. You didn't know you had a female along. That's something she actually changed my aspect on a lot. There was a. Uh, there's a perception there of what females are, and yeah. a lot of them I had hung out with her paying the ass when you go do different things. But the group of females that Jesse hung out with, the solid, strong-minded, 
there is so many amazing women in this industry that are doing so many amazing things. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. really unbelievable. I put them up against any group of guys I know. I agree. And I agree. it's crazy how they surrounded themselves with each other, though. You meet one, you meet oh, yeah. all. They all know each other. Oh yeah, they're in cahoots. There's yep. no, yeah, there's no getting around it. Uh, I think it's very refreshing. I know people have made fun of me lately. You know, Bobby seemed to hang out with a bunch of girls. Well, that's because the girls are the only cool ones out get, getting to do stuff. All you guys are. I've been hanging out with way more girls lately than guys. And her group of friends are solid. They're yeah. good people. Yeah, yeah, And they've yeah. all been there for me. Um, hell, they drove me to Babes Ride Out this year. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> You're one of the few men at Babes Ride Out. Let, we got to explore this. This is either a dream come true or a nightmare come to fruition. Uh, a different time in life, it could have been a dream come true. <laughs> right, sure. It was... Uh, it was a little awkward walking in there, but then it was amazingly welcoming and comfortable. And a lot of tears, a lot of stories, a lot of hugs. It oh, was a, sure. it was special. It was special. I was, I appreciate Ash and one of the girls making it happen. It was, it was, it was a good deal. It was well worthwhile. Um, Did you get to ride up there? Did you drive? Oh no, you. I rode up. You rode up. I um, know. You had given your sportster, was that your sportster, Warrior Build? They've got your sportster? Yeah, yeah, that's the War Pig. We the built that on head for the mint. Okay. That was a lot of fun. That was a cool little project. But no, I rode my Road King up. I uh, I keep threatening to ride that War Pig somewhere. I need to get another set of wheels for it. It's got moose bibs in it, and I'm afraid to ride on it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just keep pulling. Well, that's where I just came from. I went on the Warrior Build ride. Uh, it was real nice, actually. John Oaks, who I did the last interview with, he messaged me and said, Hey, uh, I got some extra tickets. Would you like a ticket and go on this ride? It's a Brandon Quaid's Harley Davidson, you know. Yeah, heck yeah. Anyways, it was great. Oh, originally I was like, well, I think I can be up there at noon. Then I'm like, oh, I effed up. I forgot John invited me to this. Anyways, thanks for all your gracious. No, I wanted to go, Lewis and I couldn't pull it off. The guys at Warrior Built are absolutely amazing. They're amazing. Um, Nick has put together, actually, I am, I had a tremendous respect for him before. Now I have even more. After working on Jesse's foundation and realizing the behind the scenes and what it takes to make that stuff happen, I've got even more respect for what Nick's done with Warrior Built than I had before. If you don't know what Warrior Built is, you really need to look it up. It's rehabilitation for veterans, and it's it through activities that are fun. I mean, they, they bring guys in the shop, and they bring guys in like me that – have experiences with it and we build motorcycles we build off-road i've been helping them with some of the baja stuff and they've been helping me with some of my personal stuff and it, it works both ways but it gets guys into an environment in the shop where they can be around guys and talk as guys and and work out their problems but also accomplish cool things and it's it's just a really impressive group of people and foundation I'm a big fan. And I got turned on to it by Alan, and I haven't gotten to do Alan's any direct with Oh, he's a hell of a maker space, Riverside. Clink and Coker. Coke and Clinkers. Yep. He does all sorts of... Yep. That's another man who's very busy running around. I was just showing off one of his knives this morning that he gifted me, one of his railroad spike knives. It's really neat. You know what? He's gifted me... I'm not sure the man sells anything. He gifts everything to all his friends. <laughs> I talked to him about that at one three. He said, okay. man, I'm not making money. I said, you got to quit giving shit away. That's right. I remember that. I was there for that conversation. And Jesse walked up to me and said, 
How much? You know what I do, Bob? I just tell them everything's twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. Everything's twenty dollars in the booth. That way, she doesn't have to worry about what anything costs. Yep. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, your son, your they're, son just came back. From, yeah, they're pretty well grown. I'm pretty proud of them. Um, I've got three kids. Dalton's uh, or Tan. We'll start with Tanner. He's 22. Lives in Colorado Springs. Pretty well got his life on track. Nice. Really great girlfriend. They've, uh, Jess and I used to go through spend quite a bit of time with them when we go through. Colo Springs? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All the signs say Colo Springs. Colorado Springs, boy, it's pretty there. And uh, Chloe's in pre-med at KU. She's doing really well. And then uh, Dalton's here doing his senior year. So Not um, sure what he's going to do next. He's not exactly the college kid. So... See what his plans are. He could always get into racing. I've tried. He's not that interested in it. Yeah. He comes and helps. Sure. I tried putting him in a razor for hammers this year. I'm still kind of pushing him, trying to get him in one. He just he acts interested in the pavement. We were working on some of that, but he okay. just doesn't seem to have any interest in the dirt. And obviously, that's where I have the easy end for him. Yeah, that is exciting. Now kids like to take their parents' passions and twist it. I was a classically trained musician for lack of a better term vocal uh, i play guitar mandolin my son's playing the drums rock and marching band head of his marching section wants nothing to do with stringed instruments just wants to bang on drums and he's he's really good my my son he's 13 now crew chief but it's it's kind of it's almost turned into like son we got to do the yard okay son we're gonna go racing okay Yep, that's just her. <laughs> I tell Dalton that all the time. I'm just like, come on, kid. You can't. He, I can't get him excited about hardly anything. And the opportunities he has, I'm like, man, I'd have killed for this stuff when I was a kid. I, mean, yeah. I was trying to drag him to SEMA next week. I'm like, just come to SEMA for a couple days. Nah, Vegas. I don't, I don't really want to. I said, I've got the Ford versus Ferrari uh, screening coming up next Friday night in L.A. I said, son, i got an extra deal. Come with me to that. Nah, I don't think I'm going to bother. That's great. The funny thing is, our parents probably talked the same way about us when we were kids. You know, I'd love to go do that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He's just not into the same things I'm into. So, and that's okay. You know, he's going to grow up and be productive and make lots of money and find his own way and find his own happiness. He's got drive. He'll be fine. We're just not into the same stuff. It was nice to meet and meet him and hang out with him the other day at. the Peterson. That was cool of the Peterson to extend that as well. Yeah, you see the Jesse Combs Foundation moving forward with everything. Um, That's been a real struggle. I did not realize that would be so complicated. Um, the foundation will go forward and it will do good things, but it is uh, it is a lot more work than... I know it's going to be a lot of work, but it is a lot more red tape than I'd anticipated. Sure. So sure. we're getting there got a great team it's just uh it just takes time and i'm not patient we are only a couple months in but i'm still not patient so it's uh it's got a lot of traction we've got some really neat big builds and different stuff coming up um that should bring in good funding and she get to start to do some of the things that i really want to do in her name and do for her that she was going to do anyway so it's pretty good. The goal is to make it sustainable, though. 
um, scalable and sustainable. I don't want something that is going to, you know, you don't want to raise some money and do some scholarships and then have it disappear. I want something that outlives me, that outlives all of us, that is truly here for a long time. It It seems extremely appropriate given who Jesse Combs was. It needs to. And that was one of her dreams was to build something that was bigger than she was. And that's what we were working on with High Road. And we were actually doing High Road, which is our new venture here, or my new venture now. We didn't have it formed yet, but I do now. And uh, we were doing the High Road Foundation, which we were going to do all of our stuff with. So we talked about it for hours and days and nights and knew who we wanted on the board and how we wanted to do it and what we wanted to benefit. And it was things we were going to do together. But it made this easier for me because basically... I brought in those board members and those people and told them what our plan was. And then instead of naming it the Hyra Foundation, we named it the Jesse Combs Foundation. So this is her plans we were going to do together. We're just not getting to do it together. You're killing it, my friend. You're doing well. I'm trying. (laughs) I don't feel like that every day. It's a struggle. Um, I have my good days and my bad. I do have the most amazing group of friends and support, though, that anybody could ever ask for. I really do. Well, with all due respect, it's probably because you deserve it. That's my opinion. I appreciate that. Um, I do feel really humbled and lucky to have them, though. Because it is... She had amazing friends. I had amazing friends. And you put them together... I'm, I'm really lucky. I have one hell of a support system, and I know that. In all industry. And I think people forget that. I know, if I can get a little personal, I know a few times I've been extremely frustrated, whether it be from other land speed racers, people in the general public, people who knew... Uh, Jesse and I got to chat a little bit. I've been a little disappointed in people and their inappropriate comments regarding Jesse's passing. There's a couple of them I got pretty upset about. Um, I got pulled down that rabbit hole once or twice. The old me would have got pulled down it every day. Um, that's something I learned from Jesse. You know, we'd sit around a lot of evenings and not watch TV. We would go through her private messages. Sure. And... There was the amazing ones where this is my daughter and this is my little girl and this is what I taught her to do and here's the pictures and they're just unreal. We'd sit around and cry at some of them. And then there's the, I'm 40 years old and you inspired me to do this and I quit my job and I'm going to do this. And they're amazing, amazing. And then there's the douchebag bashener that I wanted to comment back to and she Uh, always take the high road. That's part of where I always took take the high road came from. And she'd delete it or nicely respond. And she was always above it. And when all this went down and I started getting all those, a lot of those shitty comments and the jabs and the pokes and the, well, it must be nice to, you know, people, a lot of people don't know who I am. A lot of people don't know that I was in this industry just as long as Jesse. I gave Jesse as many of my sponsors as she gave me hers. We helped each other beneficially. I was writing a lot of her contracts. I was helping her with a lot of her stuff. We were mutually working together for a common goal. And when we joined forces, we were better than each of us working individually. Sure. There's no doubt. But 
I got a lot of criticism right off the bat because all of a sudden a lot of people that didn't know who I was was, oh, you're benefiting off this. No, I'd give anything, anything in the world to have her back. I'm not benefiting off shit. I'm miserable. But I am going on with my life I was already doing. And there are a few new opportunities because of this. And that sucks. But she would want me to take them and go forward because some of them I'm going to do solely to benefit this foundation. So, on that note, yes, I'm getting some of the negative comments. And yes, I got sucked in on a couple of them and said things I shouldn't have said. But for the most part, I hear her in my head telling me to take the high road. And I ignore them and I let them go. And there's a thing called karma out there. It'll come back around. And uh, I'm going to continue to do what I believe she would want me to do. I've been pretty much living off that guiding principle of, I know she's watching me every minute, every day. And I've had disagreements with a lot of people over how to structure things, do things, go forward with things. And I have just solely based it on, you know, would she be okay with this? Yeah, she'd be okay with it. I don't really give a shit what they think. Amen. And that's, that's it. Period. That's, I don't, I'm not here to please other people. I love taking care of other people that I care about. But I'm going to do what I feel is right by her and what's right by me. And that's going to make waves along the way. And I'm strong enough to deal with that. So, I agree. Good for you. And, uh, and I think you're right in all that. I think you're very right. I'm trying. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make a lot of them. This is not uh, something I've done before. Well, with all due respect, this isn't something anyone should have to ever do, my friend. Um, But it is something I was remotely prepared for. Not that I wanted to be, but Jess and I discussed all this a lot. A lot more than any couple should discuss it. But... I know exactly how she wanted things done because she told me. We know that we both live dumb lives. We both take risks that the normal person should not take. We had no expectation of getting old together. We just thought we had a lot more time than this. But we discussed this. We discussed this that afternoon of this is what I want you to do if something happens to me. This is, I mean... We talked about those things. I just, I never thought I'd have to actually follow through with it. So I, I do have a understanding, although this was totally sudden, it's not something that we didn't realize was a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, because we all kind of live faster than usual lives. I've had a retarded amount of close calls. She'd had a retarded amount of close calls. We had some close calls together that were dumb. Um, we had one on our Sturgis trip two years ago that we both pulled over and sit there and shook for a little bit and we're like, holy hell. We, uh, we're, I don't know where we were in Canada. Um, we'd actually flipped a coin at a gas station and <laughs> just trying to decide we were supposed to be in Sturgis and she had to go hand off the Grand Marshal deal to Roland. And we talked to this guy at a gas station that told us about these hot springs in Canada. And she's like, I want to go to the hot springs. I said, you, 
we don't have time. We gotta go to Sturgis. <laughs> and she's like, but we could go for one day. I'm like, okay, but if we don't make it, this is on you. It's your, it's your obligation. I don't have to be anywhere. Right, right. So we flip a coin and, uh, we head to Canada and it, it was, it was the most unreal trip ever. We windy roads, middle of the night. Her and I used to ride so hard side by side because we just, we rode so, that was an 8,000 mile trip. We rode so <laughs> many miles beside each other that I just knew where she was and we'd be inches apart in the curves at a hundred mile an hour. And it was just, and we'd come around this curve middle of the night, hundred mile an hour. And there's a damn deer dead center in the road. Oh, damn. And I pushed towards her to push out and she was pushing out and we're touching. We're together on our bikes touching. And I'm kind of almost reaching for her. Right. I missed the deer. My bag catches it. I could have slapped it on the ass. And we're together, and we go another couple miles, and we pull over, and we're both white, and look at each other, and like, holy shit. <laughs> How the hell did we make it out of that? Um, but we had all those close calls, and we had them together, and it was fun, and it was great. And that night, we ended up up at those hot springs, and the next morning, we... Uh, she ended up calling in, FaceTiming the handover of her Grand Marshal Dilda Roland, and uh, we stayed in Canada for two more days. It was, it was amazing. Ever wonder what happened to the music they used to play on the radio? It's now available and virtually commercial-free for your ride. Dirty Radio FM. Get the app today and enjoy it streaming, or download songs to your heart's content. Dirty Radio FM is free and the best way to enjoy music through a Senna like Bob or with earbuds while you're on the road. Dirty Radio FM. Get the app today. It's still pretty surreal a lot of days. I truly can't believe that I get paid to go do what I get to do. Um, and it is one hell of a lot of work, and that's what other people don't realize. You, you get the, oh, must be nice. Yeah, it's sometimes it's nice being in the shop till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning to leave at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. To, right, right. There's a lot see. more work to it than there is fun, but it is it is still pretty surreal and enjoyable at the same time. Um, you kind of got to be careful what you wish for sometimes because it's all I ever dreamed of was getting to do this racing. And then you get to do it at a different level. And then all of a sudden when people are paying you, there's expectations. And then it's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I miss just requiling with my friends. Yeah. There's pre- different pressures when all of a sudden there's people watching. And it's not just out playing anymore. Well, you definitely have some awesome vehicles. I don't even understand half of all the cool stuff going on coming from motorcycles like I do. It wouldn't even be possible without the support. There's no way. This, the level that this has come to in the last few years and the dollars it takes, it just... Uh, it's huge. It's unbelievable. It's, it's not the same ball game it was five years ago. Not even remotely. Um, luckily, I, I have some amazing marketing partners that help with my stuff and help the teams I race with. And it wouldn't happen without them. Jesse and yourself had a good time with it. It was pretty cool. It's pretty neat that we could both be doing it. You know, that we could share it, share those talks and those experiences and those, you know, to uh, to have that like-mindedness where we could talk about what it's like in this part of Baja and what it's like at this part of riding and this part, both in the motorcycle industry and the off-road industry and have all that in common. A lot of relationships don't have that in common and 
know what it's like to run the San Felipe Whoops in a trophy truck or like to <laughs> ride the, it, it's to have all that in common was, was really neat. Um, I spent a lot of time helping her with her stuff and she spent a ton of time helping me with mine. You know, it's, it's hard to go along when you're not the one racing. And this year she did the thousand and did Nora and did the mint just in the chase truck and helping to support me. Oh, wow. And I went and helped her and supported her on her stuff. And it's, she was always there. She was a solid support. American Roadrunner brings you a Roadrunner in the Headlight. This show's Roadrunner Headlight is on. One Miss Candice. You'll know her from the gram as Miss Candio. That's C-A-N-D-E-E-O. She is an extremely talented tattoo artist who happens to enjoy riding the hell out of her Harley at the same time. You'll catch Candace at a lot of shows, doing tattoos for people, working long hours, and expressing her talent and artwork and all her awesomeness. We are all big fans of hers. She's also founder, you will see it pronounced as Moto, however, it spells out as Mouse Taus. That is M-A-U-S underscore T-A-U-S but pronounced moto. I suspect it may not be English. Regardless, Candace, you do good work. We're big fans of yours. Thanks for all that you do. Candace was the one who got to do some great work on Jesse a few years back at a babe's ride out and also got to do the work of the story you're about to hear of Terry's babe ride out tattoo. Thanks for all your awesomeness. Thanks for sharing all your talents. Headlights on you, darling. Let's get back to the road with Bob Marshall and the American Roadrunner podcast. Yeah, Babe's Ride Out was a little odd. How so? Just it was tough to go see everybody and be in that world where I didn't really actually belong. But be so welcomed at the same time. I could imagine everyone was pretty. Everybody was amazing. Yeah, everyone was pretty welcoming. They were pretty excited to. It was really amazing. See you and hear from you. I got a damn babes right out tattoo. No, you didn't. Who on, did that? On my ankle of <laughs> all places. Great. Oh my god! Because that's where Jesse always got them. I was like, oh, what the hell? That's great. I mean, I've got a few of the patches, <laughs> and that's always a joke. You know, the ladies will get tattoos, and yeah. I'll get patches. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Let them enjoy their tattoos. No, I thought, what the hell? Why not? Looks good. Looks really good. Let's go to the corner. It's time to talk tech. Welcome to this show's Tech Corner. Today is all about cold weather riding. Yes, it is a month of November. So, for some of us up in the north, that means we are putting our scoot up for a long winter's nap. Running stabilizer through the fuel system with a full tank of fuel, hooking up the batteries to a tender. Making sure your antifreeze is just that and won't freeze and, the favorite, jacking the scoot up off the ground so the rubber stays round. Now, please know... Us here in sunny Southern California do not have to do any of this. For us, it's just a matter of putting all the gear on and making sure we have all the gear with us all the time. So personally, 
I like to make sure all my gear is in good order, and I like to make sure it's all going to fit right over my normal riding clothing. So I'm going to be getting my big black insulated suit out of storage, as well as my yellow Deadliest Catch rain slicks, and putting them over everything and lounging around the house to make sure nothing is binded in weird places. I will make sure my gear is with me all the time with some rope and bungee nets and get out there and enjoy the road, even if it's a few degrees cooler than I'm comfortable with. Yes, I have gotten stuck in the snow before, so I got to take about 10 pounds of air out of my tires and do my best not to lean. I hope not to repeat that again. Above all, make sure you ride your ride, my fellows, and try not to freeze your keisters off. Hyperthermia is real, and it will come on as little as a few minutes on a scoot out in the wind if you don't have your gear to insulate you. Always bring your gear, always have it on, or always have it sitting on the back of the scoot ready to go because you just never know what your plans or what the weather will bring. This has been your Tech Corner. And now, back to our regularly scheduled ride. Hundred, <clears throat> she did 515 that morning 548 on that run documented before the accident her average is 530 something I don't remember specifically submitted it to Guinness yes my favorite term for it is tenacity Amelia Earhart she had tenacity Jesse Combs she had tenacity I could probably less than 100 others these are the people that inspire us. She inspired me for a long time. Go fast, get out and have fun. She didn't even realize how many people she inspired. She was just being her. She had a drive that I don't even know how to explain. She was her worst critic, though. She was awful hard on herself. She was so perfect just the way she was, and she still strived to be better every day. It sucks. It really sucks she's gone so quick because, uh, I mean, the amount of amazing shit she packed into her life is not even imaginable, but... I can't help but think what she'd accomplish in another 10 years. She was, uh, she's damn sure going places. Damn sure going to change the world even more than she did. That's a lot of my, uh, motivation with this foundation. There's unfinished business. There's things that she was going to do that have to be done. That, it helps me, because fuck, I miss her. And it's, uh, it's a way to stay tied to her. I'm gonna fucking do good things with this. Watch me. 
Because if I don't accomplish some of this, then it didn't happen for a reason. And I have to make this worthwhile. There has to be some purpose to this, because she's not gone for no reason. I can't let that happen. I won't let that happen. So, so. We're certainly all going to miss her. <clears throat> we all miss her. I wish there was a way to express my thanks for all you push forward for Jesse Combs Foundation memory of her because it's going to mean a lot to the little people people like my son all the great little all the young women <laughs> it's already making a difference and it's crazy um, and I'm making a difference which is really weird for me to say really it are. is weird for me to say that because her and I sat around and would look at her messages you know like I said earlier and you'd read, hey, you inspired me to do this. Hey, you inspired me to do this. And I'm getting thousands of messages. And the majority of them for the first part of this was, this is the story about Jesse. This is the story about Jesse. This is the story about Jesse. How or why or what, when it transitioned, I don't know. I don't understand. I was just putting out stuff there that I was feeling. I wasn't doing anything but being me. And at some point it transitioned where there was more and more and more that weren't about Jesse. They were, thank you for doing this. You're inspiring me to do this and you're doing this. And I keep saying, no, I'm not, I'm just being me. I'm not doing anything any different, but I've actually come to the realization recently that whatever the hell it is I'm doing, it is actually making a difference to people. And, um, as much as I dislike the public eye and dislike stuff, I feel like I have to go forward with this because it is actually doing good for other people. And maybe that's part of my purpose through this. So it's, it's a little surreal to get those two sit around the evenings now and read the same messages that her and I used to read to her, except they're to me. And I don't know what point that transition was that, Hey, look at this picture of my daughter doing this and thank you for doing what you're doing. That's kind of crazy. I can only imagine. Um, cause I don't feel like I deserve it at all. <laughs> at all. <clears throat> I mean, we could argue, thumb wrestle, box it out, but I think you do. I'll race you for it. I mean, I'm going to lose again, <laughs> damn it. Uh, something about a condom catheter, I'm sure. I think there's a lot, too, to be thanked from you for your your photos that you've been sharing on social media and your writing that you've gotten to share, that you've, that you've blessed us with in sharing. And those were for nobody but me. That's the best part. I, uh... I couldn't sleep at night, and I'd be sitting thinking about her, and it just, I don't know, it felt right to write it down. And I wrote a lot of things down I didn't share, because I had some amazing notes in my phone. It just, it just, it helped me go to sleep. And I shared, I don't know, weeks worth of them before I ever read a comment. It was just for me. And then I started reading some of the comments, and I was like, wow, this is actually affecting people. This isn't just for me. It was, it was weird. Because I, 
started that. Remember this time selfishly for me. It had nothing to do with helping anybody else. No, I <laughs> nothing to do with helping I wrote anybody else. A whole else. book under there. I completely understand, sir. Um, but now I realize that it did and is and does, and that's uh, far above and beyond. It's 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 surreal. So I don't know if I'm doing right or wrong. I'm trying to do what I think she would want and what she would be okay with me doing if she's watching. And that's, that's all I got to go by. That's pretty good. Well, I certainly thank you. Because it is, it is wonderful as, as one of the many people she touched, she inspired, she conversated with, she treated like an equal. There's nothing equal I know her and I were doing, but she's always treated me like an equal. And I promise you, there's 10,000 other people who could say that. She was just absolutely that. Well, she treated everybody that way because yeah. we are all equal. Yeah. None of us are any better than anybody else. We may have different experiences, Amen. but it's the ones that think they're better <laughs> that don't deserve to be equal. Um, and just treat everybody the same and give everybody the fair shake and gave everybody a second chance and a third chance. Um, she saw good in people first. And then, I mean, she had her share that she wrote off. And it, I definitely know which ones they are. Um, but she was, even at that level, she was still respectful about it. Um, I learned a lot from her in that aspect. Um and it was because of that side of her that we were together. I wasn't perfect in all of our relationship. And I learned a lot from her and I learned a lot about myself and um a far better person now than I was before. Because she gave me those second chances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I wish I could express to the listener. We're sitting here in a shop, all the sound equipment's like sitting on tires. We're sitting in chairs, but we're amongst these monster tires. <laughs> and there's Terry across from me and right over your shoulders, that great picture on that door of Jesse. I just realized what's behind me, what you've been Sorry, looking at all the time. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my one of favorite me. pictures of her. It's a good one. Je- Jesse the Riveter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Muscles might be bigger than mine. I'm a little intimidated now that I'm looking at it. She did have some arms on her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the future is bright. Different. The future Different. is bright. I am truly excited about things. I really am. I've got... I'm going to do good things. It's just not the same doing it without her. I'm very excited about High Road. I'm very excited about the projects we're doing. But when it gets me is when I have a super day and I want to text her. Hey, babe, got this accomplished, got this accomplished, and and I'll have her to text. That's when it really sucks. Because I was I was successful before Jesse. I'll be successful after Jesse. I can't accomplish these things. But it is not the same without having her to share it with. It's just not the same. And that's that sucks because she was my biggest supporter. and I was her biggest fan. She was my biggest fan. It was amazing. And it that's the worst part of it is just not having her 
here to share the the good and the bad with. You know, in a bad day, she was there for me. So. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I know Seema's tomorrow. For <laughs> yeah, I can get. I got to pull a motor yet tonight. Yeah, I don't. There's like parts everywhere, motors. <laughs> Body panels, body panels, maybe not so. A few of them are complete in one piece. But tires, I just can't believe all the tires. I'm, yeah, and this is a fraction of them. I can only imagine. That's very exciting. I think we bored, uh, bored cat. Cassius, yeah. Bored Cassius. <laughs> He's out. The dog is out. I'm going to get a picture of that. That's great. Right. That's great. Right. Terry, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. A good chit-chat on the road with my friend Terry Madden. I'm very grateful I was able to hang out with him, the man who had the attention of my friend Jesse Combs. Terry's going to do great things in the future. I'm very excited to see all that he does with the Jesse Combs Foundation and his new shop, High Road. I'd like to dedicate this show to my dear friend, Jesse Combs, for all she inspired in me and my race team, all she inspired in all of us. She was very great in all she did, all the ways that she did it. No matter what the records end up showing, in my book, Jesse Combs, my dear friend, you will always be the fastest woman in the world. Thank you for all you gave us. This is your host, Bob Marshall. American Roadrunner American Roadrunner American Roadrunner American Roadrunner All I want is a machine between my legs and an open highway. Music for the American Roadrunner Podcast is brought to you by Meek. The American Roadrunner Podcast is an ARR production. Keep up with Bob Marshall and his adventures and stories from the road at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com, American Roadrunner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We'll see you on the road.